bundle who will bring it away. Not out of danger yet, though. Cries it for holding the ball. The crowd have just gone off. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 it's the goal of the day, it might even be the goal of the year. The ball that's just falling out of hand. Now, can we have a shot at goal? It's against Spice! It's Spice! He's picked it up and he's just put it on the left. And the yes, welcome to the Eastland Weekend Recovery. After round 17 for Divisions 1 to 4, almost all final positions are sorted. After Bayswater have buried one Turner South out of Walker Reserve. Mulgrave also locked up fifth position in Division 2, with East Burwood losing to Ringwood, while Fair Park make things a little bit more interesting in Division 3, defeating Oakley District and setting up an intriguing final round. I'm Ryan Long, media manager of the Eastern Football Nepal League, joined by Josh Ward and Ray Baird this morning. And Ray, out there at uh, Baldwin, uh, Baldwin Visi Park yesterday afternoon for... After, I mean, after quarter time, it was quite an even game, but that first quarter, six goals to one, set up a, a win for the Tigers. Yeah, they certainly did. Baldwin jumped out of the block, but not only six goals. You know, they had 11 scoring shots to one. They just dominated that first quarter. But then Donnie, they got back into it, and it was a, all in all, it was a good game. And Josh, you were there too, calling all the action for the first time in a, a few weeks. Yeah, it was a fun night out, a fun fun day out. Of I know where you were last night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then travelling all the way down to Surrey, a short trip down to Surrey Park last night. But um, yeah, a good day, a good contest, a good contest in the end. But um, yeah, just that fast half from Bourne and. and you know, that first quarter proved they're, they're definitely going to be right up there. And Doncaster East, there's plenty of learnings, but they'll still be happy with the performance. Well, let's just jump straight into this game, actually, because mm. we're going to start at the top at Premier Division. And, I mean, this is a potential for an elimination final because with Ball and have a chance to finish top two, but with Robles run home and Vermont at the moment, it's unlikely that they will finish in the top two. So likely they'll finish third. Doncaster East could finish six in the end, and that would set up that elimination final. So the, the final result yesterday, 12-9-81 to 9-8-62. And as you said, Ray, six goals, five to one straight in that first quarter. I mean, talk us through that that first term. I mean, it was just pure dominance. Uh, Doncaster East couldn't get the hands on the footy. The clearances at, at one stage was a ridiculous one-sided number. A very interesting uh, first term. It, it was one of the most dominated first quarters I think I've seen in a long, long time. And not only that, I think it was something like nearly 20 minutes into the quarter before Doncaster East had an inside mm-hmm. 50. You know, and and uh, if they'd have been a little bit more accurate, you know, they could have been you know, 11 goals yeah. in front or something. But after that, you, look, you must give credit to, to Doncaster East because after quarter time, uh, Bowen only kicked six goals and Doncaster East kicked eight. You know, and it, it would, both sides were, were a little bit of an accuracy and the wind played a bit of a, a part there because kicking up away from the uh, the Whitehorse Road end, uh, you know, it, the wind, the ball was uh, dropping short, but Bowen had the ability in those instances to get in front of the pack and mark that short ball. Yeah, and I think as well that it was Josh Walker mentioned post-game that uh, there was a bit of an uphill factor th- there as well. I think the wind probably did play a little bit of a role, but yeah, they just took advantage kicking down to the White Horse Road end, did ball win. And so those five behinds, there were some gettable chances oh, yeah. in those five in those five behinds. So they could have well and truly been up by 60 points a quarter time. So yeah, it it was as dominant a first quarter as I'd ever seen from, from Baldwin and definitely something they can build on. If they can do that for, for four quarters or even just a couple of quarters, then 
they're going to be a threat. It seems to be the last couple of weeks' lines have cost themselves with just uh, the start of the game last week against Norwood. Obviously, it was a bit of a slow start in that first half and came back uh, really strongly in the second half. Mm-hmm. So there's you, you probably get to the end of the game and Ryan James would, would have all these positives to, to look at in the way they've fought their way back into the contest. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you lose two, uh, two games and you fall behind the pack a little bit. The only other thing is... If you finish six, it doesn't matter because you, you're still playing third. You're still in the same sort of situation, much different to a, a final five uh, situation in Div 1 or Div 2, Ray. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and look, uh, you know, as you say, Ryan James would be happy with, with uh, you know, their th- but football's played over four quarters. You know, you can't let the opposition dominate the way they did mm-hmm. in that first quarter. And look, to give them a little bit of credit, they, they probably had four players out of that side that would walk back into that side, but then, look, all sides have... And uh, nine changes missing. during the week as yeah. well, Nine which changes during the week. Interesting. It takes a long time to settle the side down when you've got nine new faces from last week. But look, uh, all that... Oh, one thing I was very disappointed with, you know, gee, you could have fired a shotgun down there and not hit anybody. Oh, there, Jesus that would quiet. be the lowest... Uh, the lowest crowd I've ever, ever seen in Premier Division or Division yeah. 1 going back. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, and, and I wasn't on the call team yesterday, but I was at the ground, and I, I mean, it was hard to get invested in the game because it was so quiet yeah. uh, down yeah. at the ground level. There was no one in the crowd really um, too vocal at all, which it, we've had a, quite a few games this year where the crowd's up and about, and it just adds to the experience a little bit, but very, very quiet, quiet which made it a bit... Bit difficult. Even when Doncaster East were coming back, it yeah. still wasn't probably the the spectacle. No, it wasn't. It it's probably the lowest crowd I've ever seen in a, in, in a local footy game. It really, it's it wasn't the biggest crowd out there, which is a little bit of a concern for both sides. But yeah, all, all in all, if the crowd had definitely been there, it would have added to the it would have added to the spectacle, and maybe Doncaster East got. A, Put, could have gone a little bit closer. Yeah, but, you know, all in all, these two sides, they don't travel well, both of these sides, anyway, when they play away games. But you would have thought they're even ball-win people. You thought, you know, it was an important game to both sides. You yeah, the sun was out in the end. Would have been more ball-win people there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one game that certainly would have had a big crowd yesterday would have been out at Morton Park. Blackburn versus South Croydon, 11-8-74. Blackburn defeated South Croydon, 7-6-48. We haven't, any got, we haven't got any goals or best players listed just yet, but having a look at the game, uh, Blackburn did lead pretty much throughout the whole day, had that steady 20-point lead at most changes and were able to hold on for a pretty impressive win, and it puts them on par with Noble Park and uh, Doncaster East mm. now, so they're, they're still in. It's a very tough final two games to finish. They've got Roval and East Ringwood, so I, I mean, you wouldn't back them to win either of those, but at least they're in the hunt now and, and mathematically, you know, well and truly alive. Well, they've still gotten a bit of momentum now, obviously. They just ran over the top of Doncaster and, you know, were able to knock over South Croydon, so they've got a bit of mo- momentum heading into their final two games, but uh, as you say, Ryan, it, it's a very tough run, ho- a tough run home, but They'll be happy as well. They broke, a, I think, a five-game streak against South Croydon. Obviously, they hadn't won since that 2019 prelim final. So I think they'll be pretty happy they broke that. Absolutely. Are they? Are they? If I mean, you look at the other side of the point of view as well. South Croydon. They probably need a pinch and upset to uh, actually get out of that relegation zone. Ray, looking at the moment, they're 11th. They play Doncaster next week, so they'll win that one. You would think, and then if uh, Park Orchards beat Berwick in that final round. South Croydon would have to beat Norwood to um, actually survive in Premier Division. Yeah, yeah, look, it's, it's going to... 
I, I think they'll survive. I think they'll survive South Croydon. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think if Park Orchard's um, probably probably still, even though that game is at home, probably still mm-hmm. going as the underdogs uh, to the Berwick team, who had a big loss yesterday afternoon out at East Ringwood Reserve. Now, this was a, a 4.45 uh, p.m. game, and... Uh, 23 1452 to 7547 so 105 points I went past East Ringwood on the way home and saw the scoreboard and had to double glance on the the drive past uh, I, I thought it would be a lot more closer I did think East Ringwood would win but not by that sort of margin and Trent Farmer 10 goals yesterday afternoon and also of course listed as the best player on the ground for Berwick Hilton Joyce and Money and Bromley were their multiple goal scorers with two and it's a it's a mammoth win and probably just one to get back on track a bit after probably a, a, not even a disappointing loss. They they just needed a win, didn't they? Yeah, they a percentage ne- boost as well. Yeah, and that is the definition of a percentage boost. There, that's a a good momentum booster as well. And you know now they're just point oh two percent behind Ball and now on the ladder East Ringwood. Obviously, still a game behind them, but you know if they get the job, to, if they do get, you know. If, Get some, get a couple of wins, get win both games on the run home. Then maybe they they'll be able to to leapfrog them if Bowen do drop it. Trent Farmer, now the leading goal kicker in Premier Division. He was the leading goal kicker in Div One or close to last year. Been the leading goal kicker in Div Two for for many years, and just he's got so many accolades. And if he can finish as the leading goal kicker in Premier Division, it just Shows great, the talent. Great like story, isn't been, it, right? He's been a great player for a long, long time. But the thing the thing with East Ringwood, from what I've seen of them, is that they go to Trent Farmer all the time. And, mm. and okay, I know he's great most of the time. He'll win the ball and he'll kick you a goal. But, and, but, you know, and people might say, yeah, but these other guys picking, chipping with two and three are like that. But they're only picking up the scraps when Trent Farmer misses it, you know. Be, because And I think that that could be a little bit of a downfall come finals time because cause they, let's just say they played ball and, you know, uh, having Pendlebury on Farmer, I think that would be a great match-up, you know. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Farmer would probably be a little bit too quick for him, but Pendlebury, to me, would win everything in the air, you know. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and having a look at it, I mean... Last week was a total opposite where they had all single goal kickers and I don't think Trent Farmer really even got in the game. Yeah. I don't know if he kicked one, but obviously uh, Berwick let him off the, the uh, chain there and he was able to finish with 10. And uh, Of course, we saw him last year in the grand final, best on ground with those five goals and was the key difference. So he's he needs to have a big September if they are to, yeah. to um, go deep. And looking at it, as you said, Josh, I mean, third is the highest they can really finish realistically. Mm-hmm. So... If you do finish third, you, you probably play Noble Park, maybe Blackburn right. if they sneak yeah. in, but Noble Park or Doncaster East. So you would probably prefer that option. Um, of course, there's two rounds to go, unlike uh, Division 1 yeah. and uh, Division 1 to 4. So still a lot to, to work out. It's um, going to take us at least another week to probably pencil down who's going to play who. But <laughs> uh, another result which wasn't too surprising, Norwood 1918-132. Defeated Doncaster 4-9-33. For Norwood, Jordan kicked four. Grecian kicked three alongside Patterson. Johnson listed as their best player on the ground. As a Doncaster, all single goal kickers. And Coglin listed as their best player. And we thought maybe they would actually have... I mean, looking at their side, it was their 
probably their best side they've had mm. in quite some weeks, Ray, when they, they bring in, obviously, Anarchus and, and uh, Coglin was already in the side, but uh, Vickers came yeah. back in for the first time in quite a while, had a couple other ins as, as, uh, on top of that. So they did get a few um, good players back in, but obviously just with the way their season going, I mean, they've, they've, they've raised the white flag at this stage. They have, and they do only kick one goal in three quarters of football. You know, that's that, that disappointing. But, uh, you know, I had my say on them after game day yesterday mm-hmm. after the match, and I was, I'm not going to say any more about them, that's all. But, you know, they're hanging in there, that's all. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be very uh, tough for them. Uh, obviously, next year there's a... I mean, it would be an interesting off-season if they can bring some players into the yeah. club, hopefully not lose too many. I mean, it's going to be uh, a lot of work for the, the club to do. Um, but we'll see how they go next year. And obviously Norwood, uh, since you know their, their last few weeks, and Marty Pass is, is hanging around for the rest of the season. Yeah. And uh, they pulled off a big win last week against Doncaster East, a bit of a surprise upset, smashing Doncaster yesterday. So they are finishing the season in some good form. They clearly enjoy playing the Doncaster sides. <laughs> well, they have. They uh, certainly... Uh, uh, Just the one... Def- I think they lost to Doncaster East earlier yeah. in the year, but otherwise they've won three out of four games against the two Doncaster sides. So yeah. Pretty impressive from Norwood. Um, Park Orchards, 9-10-64, lost to Vermont yesterday, 16-10-106. For the Eagles, Fitzpatrick kicked four goals. Kelkovsky kicked three as for Park Orchards, Prosnack kicked three, and then the rest were single goal kickers there. So, I mean, at quarter time, it was only three points in it. Vermont led, and then after that, it was pretty much all the Eagles. Yeah. Park Orchards mm-hmm. gave a, a bit of a fight in that third quarter, but that's a result we expected to see. So Vermont, I think, who have they got in the last two? They've got Doncaster East in that final round of the season. Noble Park well, next Noble week. Park. Noble Park. And with their percentage, they're, I mean, they're, if they lose both... That's probably Baldwin's chance to actually make it yeah. because I think Roval aren't going to drop theirs. And the hardest game they had on the run home was yesterday and they yeah. got the job done. 12-7-79, the Hawks defeated the Bulls 10-8-68. Mav Taylor kicked three goals. Lockie McDonald kicked two alongside Arundel. As the Noble Park, Bauer and Stern and Nelson all kicked two goals each. So, I mean, having a look at that one, at, actually in the first half, at halftime there, Noble Park led by six points in a pretty low-scoring game. And you look at that third quarter, six goals yeah. to one was the difference in the end. Ray, I don't know if you've spoken to anyone no, down at the no. club, but they came back again late, Noble Park, but um, unlike the earlier time this season they weren't able to run over the top of them no no look and this was a danger game i know people down at roval were a little bit worried about this and uh and then and i also if noble park can get in the finals they're not going to win the flag but they could they could win a final and you know and go to the next step because it's they are an experienced uh, final side i know you, you know a couple of top players won't be playing but uh no you can never night wrote uh, noble park off roval would be happy to get away with that rin i know josh you'd be happy your mate mav taylor he, you know he's back in form yeah, you love right. him kicking goals down there it's great to see, it's great to see mav taylor <laughs> kicking goals he's uh he is a star of this lineup, and you know, with Lockie White, uh, Lock, and positive thing for Rival Lockie White only kicked the one goal. So, but he's been playing in the ruck. He's been playing mm. in the ruck. Yeah, mm. he haven't he? So they've taken him away from full forward, and, and that could be the, the reason why mm. Mav Taylor is kicking some more goals. And Pierce Rosby and Tane Barlow coming back from VFL duties, both named <laughs> in the best. So clearly had a big day out there, but. They might have gone. They might have been worried when Noble started coming back in that final quarter, Roval, given what happened last time. But yeah, I think they're a lot more mature than they were that day. And uh, yeah, 
it's, it's well, yeah, I think the, the two sides are probably at different paths. So the um, the, the road at the moment with the way they're going and, and Roval with their last two games, Blackburn next week and then uh, Doncaster to finish. So you, you can't see him losing either. No, well, that Blackburn game is at Seabeck Oval too, so mm. that helps them as well. Yeah, yeah. No, so no, I can't see them dropping those. No, so I, I think you're right. I think they'll finish in the top two. And having a look, if you were born who... At, I mean, realistically, they probably finished third here, the Tigers. Yeah. So, if you were Baldwin, who would you rather play in that first week of the finals if it was out of Noble Park and Doncaster East? I, I think I'd rather play Doncaster East. Yeah. You know, yeah. Particularly after their result yesterday. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, Josh. If if they do defeat Noble Park, I don't think they, they'd mind either way, Baldwin, but probably Doncaster East, given the way they performed. Yeah, yesterday, yeah. so you well, see, they, we don't know if Sketcher breaks loose in a final. I don't think mm-hmm. Doncaster East got anyone that can stop him. No, I, I don't think so. I don't think many sides do. I mean, when he gets off the the uh, the, the chain, it's very hard to stop. It's just more who's gonna, who around him is going to step up as yeah, well and, yeah, and yeah. have a, a big influence on a final. Um, because you know, in Premier Division, you can't always win it off your own boot. He did win a, a game that we were at earlier this season yeah. by himself, four goals, forty nine touches, but. Um, you can't be relying on that to get you over no, the line. No. So you look at your Horton Milnes, uh, Jackson Casey was, was big last weekend, um, obviously Francis. and They've got a lot of players to, to really stand up come finals time if they are to make an impact. We'll have a look at the ladder now for Premier Division. Vermont on top with 13 wins, a percentage of 151. In second is Roville. And third is Baldwin, both with the 12 wins, but Rover with a superior percentage. A game behind in fourth is East Ringwood with 11 wins, and then Doncaster East, Noble Park, Blackburn, now all tied on nine wins. So uh, it is somewhat interesting. Blackburn's percentage is quite low, and they have a harder run home. So I don't really think they will make it from here, but the door's open still, so... If they can pull off an upset next week, you never know. Norwood in eighth with seven wins. Berwick, Park Orchard, South Croydon and Doncaster. So still some intrigue in that Park Orchard, South Croydon relegation battle because two sides being relegated in 2023. Let's jump into Division 1 now. Uh, there's two two big games that we talked about at the start of the day that we'll get into in just a second. We'll go over the other three first, but... South Croydon, 1919, 133. Defeated Lillardale, 5-7-37. This was, of course, first versus last. Uh, undefeated versus winless, so it was always going to be one-sided. Tim Smith kicked seven goals and was listed best on ground. I wonder if he was playing midfield as well, because he has played a, a fair bit of time in the midfield this year. As a Lillardale, all single goal kickers to pace listed as their best player. The best and fairest from last season. Croydon versus Montrose out at Croydon Oval. Montrose 12-9-81 defeated the Blues 10-9-69 for the Demons. Garthwaite kicked three goals alongside Ricard. Descent listed as their best play on the ground. As for Croydon, Constantino kicked three goals and Carter listed as best on the ground. But interesting, Ray, because Croydon led for uh, pretty much majority of the day. All three changes were in front, and then Montrose sort of hit back in that third quarter. And well, Montrose kicked five out. goals in the last quarter, and Croydon kicked two, and I think that that that's definitely what got them over the line. But now they've got all plaudits go out to Croydon. They knocked them off earlier in the year, mm. and uh, you know they've outscored them for three quarters of this game as well. So you know, well, so where does that put Montrose? You know, if, 
you know, I've been on their case for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have you been? But you know, been I just think it. that I just think at this stage of the year, and you're playing one of the bottom sides, you have to you have to do more on the field than oh, what they did yesterday. I feel like Croydon matches up well with them. I, I don't yeah. know what it is. Well, they, they will be happy now that Croydon are officially going going down to yeah. Division Two now. That's two games behind One Turner South, so they're actually done. So they won't have to worry about it <laughs> next year. Yeah, no, I'm sure yeah. they'd be. I'm sure they'd be pretty glad out there at Montrose Recreation Reserve. But <laughs> they do. They, I feel like they match up well with them just because there were close meetings last year. Uh, this year, obviously, Croydon knocked them over at Montrose and then yeah. pushed them right to the limit here. So. I, I, I don't know what it is. I think they might just get up for these games too and see it as an opportunity. But yeah, that ju- the last quarter shows the maturity of Montrose. They, yeah. they obviously you're only going to get better with a young side, and they they seem a bit more mature now than they did earlier in the season. Montrose. Yeah, and then a shout out to Greg Lord, who's had a fantastic season, <laughs> first year at the club. Coming across from Upper Fentry Gully, he's been in the best most times this season and has been really influential. Of course, some familiar names there. We've obviously, Benderson's had a, a big year himself and, and Bo Tennant back in the side this weekend. Also in the best of the Ds. And as we said, for the Blues, they drop down to Division 2 next year. They'll be looking for a new coach, um, as advertised on their social pages. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you see for, for Croydon next year, Ray? I mean... Where do you, obviously it's it's quite different to Lilydale who I think might struggle unless they are able to pick up some players. But Croydon have shown in bits and pieces what they can do this well, season. You're right. In certain games they've been you know competitive for part of the game. But first thing they've got to do is retain the players they've got. You know now that could be a problem. You know already one of the Ficarellis has gone up to Sylvan. Will the other one go up there or not? You know because they've been relegated. And if other players, yeah, they've got to retain the list they got and maybe and recruit a couple more. I think to be really up there. Uh, the first thing, whoever's coming into this club, the coach. First thing I'd be doing. I don't care what you do from October to December to January, but. Between the the months of football during the winter seasons, you are staying in Australia. You're not going overseas. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they're that is side that was hit really bad. Yeah, exactly right. So you were got to be you got to be able to uh, keep those players at the club during the season because I mean that really hurt them, especially through that middle part of the year. And then Murbuck as well yesterday, fourteen fourteen ninety eight to. Mitchum 10-13-73, leaving with a 25-point win over the Tigers there. From Rubaka, Kane Noonan kicked three goals and was listed best on. As for Mitchum, Smythe and Elms kicked two goals each, made listed as their best player. Do we make much of this one? I mean, I, I was actually quite surprised. I thought, considering some of the outs as well that Murlbuck had, I thought this was going to be very one-sided, especially at a Walker Park where the Tigers play that ground so well. Um... Any anything to worry about there, or is it just well, a, the, the, late in the year? We talk about the third quarter being the premiership quarter. Mural Park have kicked eight goals three in the third mm. quarter. What a dominant third quarter that's been, you know, and that set them up for the win, you know. It did, and they could have, you know, gotten away early on in this contest four four eleven and then and three eight at quarter time, four eleven at half time. So yeah, it's it's definitely something they can build on. It's a, it. Shows this, they've definitely still got uh, still got it and can knock over the best sides. But uh, yeah, I think it, it was a pretty good day out there, at Walker Park for for the Mustangs. I think it was three out of four sides that won out there. Yeah, the women's yeah. match of the round, their <coughs> Murbach side defeated Mitchum to finish on top of the ladder uh, at the finals and 19s. I think won yeah. earlier in the morning. So 
I don't know what it is. They they clearly enjoy taking the trip down the Marinda Highway to, to Walker Park, but this is... I think it probably was one in midfield. You know, you look at Kane Noonan... Was named in the was named in the best Jackson Gilby as well. I know he's a bit more of a forward, but and Riley Moncourse, Braden Doby as well, named in the best. So and just looking at Mitchum, only Danny Baglava and Je- Jesse Cherry were named in the best. So I think it, we we talked about it on Friday being a, a midfield battle, and that's what it was. I reckon it's an interesting one because their form during the season, Ruelbach has been it's actually been pretty good. You look at Four games come to to mind against two against Bayswater, two against Beaconsfield, where they lost by less than ten points on on all of them. Mm. Yeah. The Bayswater ones were two. Well, I think they were both one point losses. So, yeah. I mean, very easily, even just a, a couple of those flip the other way, they're sitting right now as a, a potential to play finals. So, they'll look at this as probably a year of full of, of just misses. Yeah. And Josh, you talk about their, their midfield dominance, but Ozzy Smith, he, yeah. he's not named in their best players, and he certainly played because he kicked the goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which makes it even more impressive even more, that they got right, the, right. the god job done with a, you know, a player who is probably going to poll highly in, in the Division 1 best and fairest, not having yeah. that big of an influence. Yeah. Oh, he's been their best player on pretty much almost every yeah. every yeah. week. Yeah. We yeah. seem to, to have a look, yeah. and that game in a losing side against Beaconsfield, we gave him the best on ground. He's, mm. he's had a phenomenal gear. Now, this is the result that probably shocked us a little bit on air yesterday by the length of the margin on this one. Bayswater, 23-15, 153. Defeated one turn south, 10-8-68. Now, that's a absolute hammering, and it was all over straight away. I mean, six goals to one. It, almost the identical scoreline of um, the game that we're out at Baldwin Visi Park, 41-7. to and then at halftime, 12 goals to two, Ray. I mean, this was an absolute demolition. Treby kicked five goals. Schroeder kicked five goals. Kruger kicked four. They were all kicking them. Cody kicked three. Uh, Castricum kicked... Oh, he was listed as their best player, sorry. And then for one turn of South, Jordan kicked three and Casey kicked two. But, I mean, we watched Bayswater last week and they were pretty. They were very competitive and the heart was there. But to see him actually win by almost almost 100 points against the one turn of South side who needed to win to play finals... I mean, I'm, uh, it was very surprising, you say. Well, I'd love to know what Mark Party had said to him before the game because, you know, last last week they were very re- uh, restricted coming into that first quarter. Mm. But, gee, they've jumped out of the blocks and uh, that, that's a huge margin. As you said, no, we wouldn't have... Anyone who saw Bayswater last week, to me, they, they were definitely playing catch-up football last week against North Ringwood. But, gee, that, that's a result that's, you know, everyone's standing up and having a look now. Yeah, it's... Just when I saw that score at halftime as well, I was just thinking, what the heck happened here? Like it's, yeah. Given obviously, Bayswater have proven throughout the season they can kick big scores, but they haven't been able to do it consistently. And it's just putting together twenty three goals too, and you know having two players with five goals, uh, four players with three or more goals. It's it, yeah. it's quite a remarkable effort. Um, well, it's pretty disappointing from a. Like, if you're Brett Moyle, you, you look at that game where Bayswater are out of the running. They can't make finals from yeah. here. One turn of south, if they win this, they could... And they would have set up a, a game next week against North Ringwood where the winner would make it. So they had everything on the line. Bayswater pretty much had nothing besides being able to spoil the party for them. And to come out and only kick two goals to 12 in that first half would be quite concerning for them. And they did bring in a couple of players this week. I know it's not the same side that... 
was there round six or seven when we saw him mm. against Montrose, but yeah. still, it is quite disappointing to see um, how how far off they are at the moment. Because that's a that's a really bad result. Yeah, that's that's really concerning. I, I've with their ins, you know, Patrick Wallace and, and Jack O'Keefe, the the big inclusions coming back into the lineup. I would have thought, you know, they they do a lot better, but just they are a fair distance away. And Brett Moyle has got. It's got a lot of work to do for for twenty twenty four. Just because yeah. we had plenty, we had high expectations for them this season. We, you know, we I think most of us would have predicted them to finish top in the top four. four. And at the start of the season, they were proving that they were a top four side. But just I think it's probably come down to injuries and you know their depth being tested and possibly players travelling overseas. It's it, it's still concerning though. It's it's really concerning. Well, yeah. I mean, if you if you lose and you you lose on like the way the baseball lost last week. I th- you can you can cop that, but um, that that sort of margin at this time of year when your season's on the line against a side that yep. you're currently above on the ladder, uh, that's probably a little bit disappointing for them. But for North Ringwood, well, they breathe a sigh of relief because they lost to Beaconsfield yesterday, nine seven sixty one to nine sixteen seventy. So if one Turner South had a one, that would have been probably the match of the round because we would have gone that to that game knowing that the winner is in the loser is out there's a lot of um, a lot on the line for them but obviously they're safe now so um, they despite kicking very inaccurately in the first half four goals ten the Eagles um, after that they were able to straighten up a little bit and uh, hold on for a nine point win in what is the elimination final preview now because the two sides will face off fourth versus fifth in two weeks time so they would have got a, a good look at each other yesterday. Matt Johnson came back and kicked four goals to the Eagles. Obviously no Ocker, so very important to see what he can um, do come finals time if he's there. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for their sake he is going to play. Yeah. As the North Ring, Cullinan kicked three goals. Livingston kicked two. And Jackson Brothnell, who we had some really good uh, words for last week, Ray listed as their best player. But, I mean, it's... It's, it's your elimination final next uh, two weeks' time. So, yeah. I mean, wh- what do you take? Do you take much from this game? or I think you take a bit out of this game, you know, for, for North Ringwood. It definitely shows they have improved on the road, you know. They they obviously knocked over Basewater at, away from home last week. And this is a really good effort against a strong Beaconsfield outfit. But, um, yeah, it's it, it seems like it's going to be a very exciting elimination final just because I think it was two points earlier in the season a Quamby reserve and now a nine point win for, for Beaconsfield here and if North Ringwood are going to take anything out of it, well, you know, they've jumped out of the block. You know, they've had a, a four-goal lead at quarter time, but then their, their third quarter, they haven't kicked a goal, you know. so because they so checked the scores at the one turner south game and thought, <laughs> all right, we're safe because one turner south game pumps, so... Yeah, I, I don't know. You still, they still would have wanted to win that game, irrespective no. of what was going on elsewhere. But no, but it certainly sets up a great final. That's for yeah. sure. And and you know, who who do you pick in the final? Fifty fifty. You know? yeah, yeah. I think this is a very interesting one. That's first week of the finals. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd I'd probably. I'd probably have to see the sides because I, I, there's still that question mark. Is Johnson going to be there? Yeah, do you I'm, know not the sure. I'm not duties? too sure. I think he might probably go back to the VFL level, but. I have my I have my doubts. Maybe you know. I think I know his side isn't playing final, so maybe he does get back. But um, yeah, Brash mentioned he'd probably be the difference yesterday, and yeah. he certainly was another four goals. I think it was four goals last time when we saw 
him and that was the last time he played for Beaconsfield. So if he does play, he could... If he does play, I'd probably be leaning more towards Beaconsfield. But if he doesn't, I'd probably be... Going more towards North Ringwood, just so where's it? Where's it played? That's at Tormore Reserve. Yeah, well, big wide open spaces that'll suit both sides. You mm-hmm. know, I don't think there's any advantage there to either of those sides. So, uh, be very. Uh, this is the, uh, a final. It's going to be. I think the final's going to go right down on the wire too next week. Yeah, yeah. it's one game. I, looking at it, I mean, the two sides to finish in. Um, uh, Second and third will be quite interesting in Montrose Mitchum because yeah. despite Montrose having the wood over the Tigers, they've had some close games and, and we were there for one of them this year, only six points in it. So expect that one to be a close one. And then obviously Began to North Ringwood. Uh, I mean, it's a 50-50 one. If, if Johnson doesn't play, they're, they're without Johnson and Ocken. I don't think they can really match it on the scoreboard. But in saying that, North Ringwood aren't a, a high-scoring side themselves. So yeah. a lot to um, look forward to in Division <laughs> 1 finals. Uh, that is all it for them. South Belgrave, Montrose, Mitchum, Beaconsfield, North Ringwood. That is your top five. Murrabark, Bayswater and Wanturna South all on seven wins each. And then Croydon with five wins. Lilydale on the bottom yet to win a game. We'll take a bid break and then we'll jump into Division 2. Joel wheels around onto his left, goes long inside 50, coming down just about half forward through the hands, going inside 50. They've got to try and get their hands on this Finn Brown. Finn Brown, brilliant! Can he kick the goal, Finn Brown? He has! Welcome back to the Eastland Weekend Recovery, and you just heard Brett Beston talking about Finn Brown from Heathmont, who we're going to talk about now, um, their game against Mulgrave yesterday afternoon, and they would have liked to have Finn Brown out there because, unfortunately, Finn, he's, he's been um, pretty cursed with the injury front in the last couple of seasons, but uh, they probably needed him because they lost against Mulgrave at 9.862 to 14.993. And for the Lions, they have locked up a top-five spot because... Also around the grounds out at East Burwood, they fell short against Ringwood. So even if they lose next week against Brony, it doesn't matter. They are in the five. They're safe in there and they don't have to worry about percentage or anything. They are going to play finals and they will play Heathmont, you would think. I'll have to do the the ladder (laughs) calculations in a second just to to double check that. Heathmont played Templestowe, but I think with a percentage gap, I don't think they can actually maybe even Mm. jump into third. So... This is another look at potential an elimination final for Mulgrave. For Mulgrave, Adam Booth kicked five goals, and I think off the top of my head, that's 23 from the last four games that Boothy has kicked. So what a star he's been for the club, the experienced veteran. Uh, Gladman listed as their best player on the ground. For the Jets, Hanson was the only multiple goal scorer with two. And, I mean, looking at the game, it was pretty even for three quarters. And then in the last term, five goals to one. So the Lions storm home and a big victory for them. And, I mean, firstly, congratulations to Mulgrave for, yeah. for making the final series. They've, they've certainly come a long way from uh, where they were at the start of last year and, and being able to watch them over the last two seasons. Yeah, it's their first final series in, in nine years and it's a, a great achievement for the senior side and you know they've got all three sides playing finals for the first time since 2009 you know they're 19s they're reserves and now their seniors are playing finals it's it's a great achievement and well We'd ridden them off a couple of weeks ago, just given... No, Ray did not. Uh, Ray was the well, only one. I was going to let him finish and say, you ridden oh, them off. I, 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 I definitely <coughs> had it. There was... We often talked about that we'd ridden them off just because they, they played the extra game, but uh, they've, they've come home with a wet sail, and 
Well, if they do play Heathmont in an elimination final, they, they'd probably head into that game as favourites. Obviously, Heathmont missing players, but still, this is this is a really impressive performance. The thing I like about Mulgrave, and if you look back recently over their games, they finish games off. They're winning last quarters. They said, and they I, I I saw them a few oh, a few weeks ago now down at Knox, and and they they're a super fit side. They run, they run all day, and that's the way they play. Their ball movement's very quick out of the middle, and they back each other in. They kick it into the wide open spaces, and and you know know that their teammates going to run onto it rather than kick it to a contest. And the, the the sort of football they play, as I said, finishing off last quarters the way they do, you know, they I've I've stuck with them all year, and I and I'm glad that they actually finally made it. And it's because I mean, as Josh said, the the fact that they did play that extra game at the start of the season. Uh, the Good Friday clash against Waverly Blues sort of, I think we always thought, oh well, once once the bye happens, yeah. the other two sides will in, in East Belwood and Ringwood will probably catch them up. And I mean, a couple of weeks ago, it looked like the Rams spot to lose. I thought they <laughs> had pretty much control of that, and then a big loss to um, Templestowe and a loss to Knox probably puts them out of the yeah. put them out of the equation even before today, but uh, before yesterday. So for for Mulgrave, I mean, I, th- I think you're right. I think they can come into that game against Heathmont with a lot of confidence in the first week of the finals, assuming that's who they play. Mm-hmm. And um, certainly on the probably their back half of the season, they'd have to probably be a, a chance to win a couple finals. Yeah. I mean, they've knocked off Templestowe. Um, they, they've struggled against Waverley. They were both earlier in the yeah. season. And then they've got a chance to play Brony, which is the perfect side to play ahead of a final series because you'll know exactly where you're at. Yeah, it's yeah. you're not definitely not wrong there. It's um and perfect lead into finals as well, playing two sides that are that are playing in finals in Heathmont and, and Baronia. Obviously, the Heathmont one in particular, because yeah, as I keep saying, they'll most likely meet them. But yeah, I think it'd probably be for Heathmont just they'd be a little disappointed. I think we talked about it on Friday. They match up well with Mulgrave, and you know they. They at least won the last two, but against them. But yeah, it's um a bit concerning for the for them going down like this. But um, I think they can definitely bounce back, especially if they get placed back. They, they've been very inconsistent. You know, it's <laughs> been hard to pick them. You know, because one week when they're good, Heath might have a good, but then yeah, they, they, they the put in some shockers again. You know, in amongst it all, now you can't pick them with confidence. If they go out in the first week of the finals, <laughs> looking at where they were at the halfway mark of the season, yeah. sitting second, is that? Would that be a, a pretty disappointing oh, result? Oh, of course it would. Of course it would. You know, halfway through the year, if you're second on the ladder, you, you're going to finish. You've got to finish top two. You've yeah. Got to, you know. Yeah. So I mean, it, it'll be interesting that they've got so many players out at the moment. You just don't know the timeline on them and if they'll be back for finals. I haven't spoken to anyone at the club about that. Or, um, but but even if they get players back, you, you, players who have been out for more than two weeks, they can't come straight back in and, and you know play the football that they're used to. You know, they, you've, you've got to have a couple of games under your belt before you get back into it, and, and they just haven't got time. Well, they they don't. I mean, they've got next week against Templestowe, and then straight away you'd yeah. imagine <laughs> they've got that game against Mulgrave out at Walker Park. Uh, the other game yesterday that had a lot on the line was Eastfield versus Ringwood. 6-14-50 East Build lost to Ringwood, 10-9-69. Now, we don't have the progressive scores across the day, but pretty sure East Build were in front uh, at earlier stages uh, from memory, having a, a look yesterday. But for the goal kickers for Ringwood, Burton and Brown and Williams all kicked two goals each. Mitch Jackson back to his best. 
listed best on for them. As East Burwood, Cody Logan, their only goal, only multiple goal scorer with two. And then Ed Rickson, their best player on the ground. But again, it's probably just been a, a bit of a disaster <laughs> over three weeks for the Rams who uh, lost to Knox. I mean, before, before this, they were in the five. They looked good to probably finish yeah. that fifth spot. They lose to Knox. Get smashed by Templestowe yesterday, uh, last week, and then lose to Ringwood yesterday. Lose their coach while while they're at it with um, the club not uh, continuing on with Dave Jensen next year. And I think I don't know. I, I, there would have been a fair bit of distraction during the week when when something like that happens. And I mean, it was just a bit surprising on the timing because they yeah. before before yesterday afternoon they were in the hunt to still play finals. A couple of weeks ago, they were they were definitely going to be playing finals just because mm. they. They knocked over Waverley Blues, and obviously they're sitting second now. So, yeah, this is—it's a bit of a fall from grace. I feel just the last couple of weeks. It's, it'd be a bit disappointing if you're East Burwood, and after last year, you'd be disappointed, obviously, to not be playing finals. Obviously, the side's been hit hard by by injuries, but that, every side has been hit hard by injuries, and they should have the depth to be able to cover it. Their reserves are still as strong as any, and you know they—they they just haven't been able to step up. Did, did we on the media team make the mistake of building them up too big? Because, you know, mm. if you have a look over, at the end of the day, if you have a look at their season, there's been a lot mm. of inconsistency in their games, you know, whereas <laughs> we wrapped them up, you know. Well, Spider of all... <laughs> yeah. And I just look, no scores coming through. Did Spider jump off yesterday? Or he's obviously <laughs> not at the game. But, uh, we'll, but no, we'll seriously, though, seriously, though, did we sort of get ahead of ourselves, you know, halfway through the season thinking that they were maybe a little <sighs> bit better than what they performed? I think so. I mean, they won. I mean, that they had that big loss to Baronia, but besides that, they had a, a patch of four or five games yeah. where they knocked off uh, Waverley, as Josh said, and yeah. really competitive against a few other teams. Did they beat Templestowe? Oh, I, I don't think they don't did earlier so, in the year. Yeah. So that, I, I can't. I don't know. I, I. It's hard. I mean, the injuries are a factor. I mean, some of their players, the quality that are mm-hmm. out of the side and their availabilities across the season. It's been a nightmare year for the club. I mean, they just haven't been able to have their best 22 <coughs> out there each week. But, I mean, saying that, so neither have Ringwood. Ringwood have had a lot of play- players go overseas, uh, injuries to some key players, and they've had a really, really young side. So, I mean, it's one of those things we can we can say that. If we, we say it for one, then we have to sort of say it for everyone because a lot of sides are affected on that front. But, I mean... You, you have to walk away from the season a little disappointed as a as a Rams fan that you, you're not yeah. going to play finals after the progress they made last year in making a preliminary final. They've taken two or three steps backwards. They've got to restart with a, another new coach. So yeah. they've really made no ground, and no. it's it's certainly going to be an interesting off-season yeah. for them. And just, now just on Ringwood, I mean, uh, Brett would be very happy, I think, with his young side with the performances. And the year, when he sits there back and looks over the whole season with that youth that he's had in that side, I think Ringwood would be pretty happy where they're sitting. Oh, yeah, and, and the fact yeah. that, I mean, they've been able to blood a lot of kids into this yeah. side this year, and <laughs> a lot of teams are looking at this as a two-year block. So, I mean, you build on to next year, you get all this senior footy into some of these sort of guys who are um, are presenting really well um, on the field and next year could easily jump back into the top five. And obviously there's a a lot to play out in terms of that, but we'll um, certainly... Time will will tell, of course. So the top five is locked up. The other three games are pretty one-sided and uh, we certainly expected that. Bronia, 
26 goals, 31. 187 defeated Alpha Fenchigali, 2 3 15. Josh Begley kicked another eight goals for the Hawks. Fairchild kick four. All single goal kickers there for Upper Fentry Gully. Templestowe defeated Knox 11-17-83 to the Falcons 4-8-32. So a big win there for the Dockers. Limbach kicked three goals. McSwain listed as their best player. As the Knox Black kicked two. Tom Weir, their best player on the ground. And then the Basin versus the Waverley Blues. 10-9-69 the Bears lost to the Waverley Blues. 13-13-91. Josh Williamson kicked four goals. And Middle listed as their best player on the ground. As for the Bears, Mills kicked four goals and Edwards, their best player on the ground. And they're pretty competitive for, for most of the day. Um, mm. Having a look at it now, Waverly Blues have locked up a double chance. Doesn't matter what happens next week with Templestowe and Heathmont. Uh, they will finish in the top three. So uh, a good season for them coming up from Division Three, of course, at one stage, similar to Mulgrave. Because that buy and it caught back up to them, and we thought, oh, well, now they're a game behind Heathmont and Templestowe. That's probably it for them. They're going to finish fourth. But they've been able to finish off the season really, really strongly, and that's a, a, a credit to Tom Langford and the crew. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And they've done really well. They've done really well and probably will finish second, given they obviously play Ringwood next weekend. Next weekend, And we'll definitely go into that game as favourites. And it's a great achievement for the club coming up from, from Division 3. Obviously, East Burwood did the same last year. And... No, it's it, it's quite remarkable just how dominant how they've been able to continue that dominance in into Division Two this year, and they'll be a threat. They'll definitely be a threat come finals and can d- take it right up to Baronia. Well, I mean, let's have a look at it at the moment. I, do you think is it? I mean, obviously Baronia are going to come in this as red hot favourites, but the Waverley Blues and Templestowe sit second and third. That's likely your. Um, and looking at they're 40% now ahead of Heathmont so that's your doesn't really matter what happens next week that's your um, uh, qualifying final do you think I mean out of those two teams if you had to back someone to cause an upset against Baronia the week after who are you backing at the moment? Templestowe I reckon they've got their best side back on the park you know Giovanini back this last week uh, Michener and Fogarty back the week before I think with their midfield they can definitely take it right up to to Baronia. I think Waverley Blues can, especially if they get Matt Perry back into the lineup. But I'd say most likely Templestowe. You would you would hope that you know one of those sides could, but to be honest with you, I can't see any of their sides taking it up to Baronia. I really can't. They just you know, they just got players. Mm. They got an abundance of players, you know, to, to pick from and to move around the field, and they're playing great football. I can't see anybody getting near them. And th- and they haven't had. Any, I mean, they haven't had major injury, uh, issues with the injury front this season as well. So, I mean, all their key players are out in the park at the moment. Depends next week if they maybe give, you know, a couple of rests if um, they want to. But then you've got the bye as well. So, yeah. I mean, I think they'll go in still pretty full strength yeah. next week. And, and I mean, I'm probably leaning towards Waverley Blues to be the side that if someone knocks them off come a final series, I think yeah. they just play a bit of a, a different style of game. And look, it might. Might I don't know? It, it it will be tough. It just with the way we I mean we've seen Baronia play against both Waverley Blues and Templestowe and won by similar margins in both, but probably could have won by a lot more due to inaccuracy. So I mean it, it gives you a bit to think about. But I mean one of those sides will play in that uh, first final after the um, uh, qualifying final, the semi final, of and, course. And even if they lose, it, it dro- get 
players, even if players get injured for Baronia, they've got the depth to cover it. Like their reserves are sitting 16 and 1 as well. And there's, yeah. uh, Matt Clark mentioned when we were out at Tormore Reserve a couple of weeks ago, there's plenty of players that can step up and, and play a role in the seniors. So it's. And they've had most of them re-sign for the next year as well, having yeah. a look at their social pages. So um, they're set up quite well. Having a look at the ladder now as Division 1, top five is locked in. Baronia, Waverley Blues, Templestowe, Heathmont and Mulgrave. In sixth and seventh is Ringwood and East Burwood who miss out this year. The Basin knocks up a Fentry Gully. Having a look at the percentage, we looked at that 64%, oh, 64, 14% difference between the Basin yeah. and Knox. So... Uh, I, I don't, I'm not going to do the math at the moment, but I don't think that's um, possible think, for Knox no, to, no. to get out of ninth. <laughs> so they will go down with Upper Ferntree Gully, and that's it for Division 2. Yeah. Let's jump into... Sorry, Josh. Yeah, I think with their second half of the year, Knox, I, I feel like they'd be a little disappointed, but they can definitely build in Division 3 if, if that is the oh, case. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. Very, yeah. I'm very excited to see how they play next yeah. season under Steve Buckle. I think they're going to be set up well for the future. Yeah. Now let's jump into Division 3. We'll first result here, Coldstream versus Whitehorse. 8-11-59, the uh, Cougars defeat the Pioneers 8-5-53. That game was actually quite close for um, the second half at, at halftime, 6-8-4-1, so Coldstream could have been further in front. But uh, Whitehorse hung in there. Um, unfortunately for them, it just confirms that they will be relegated this season. Hogan uh, kicked two goals alongside Violi. Uh, Barry Lister is their best player. The cold stream, Darcy Fritch, has made a difference coming back in the side in recent weeks. Kicked another four goals. Hammond listed as their best player. So I think they move up to six now on the uh, yeah. Division Three ladder. And looking where they were probably a month ago, it's been a much better finish to the season. Obviously, Chad Rogers stepping aside at the end of the season, so they'll remain in Division Three, and he's got them, got them there, the the, the club and has set themselves up for the future and hopefully for their sake they can bring in a few more players next year and uh, look for a, uh, a better performance on the field overall and a consistency base. Well, I think they probably can get a couple of players just based on you know the second half of the season, particularly this last month. I thought they've done really well, have cold stream and you know to be able to survive given the position they were in, I think they were... Sitting, f- sitting at the bottom for yeah, yeah. a fair chunk of the, the middle third of the season, and just to be able to survive and now sit in sixth, it's it's great, a great achievement. And you know the the big difference the, the last fortnight, Darcy Fritch, nine goals in two weeks. He's um he's going to be massive. He's going to be massive for them next year, and he's shown his poten- potential the last couple of weeks. And what about for Whitehorse? Obviously, they go back to Division Four. I mean, if you're Andrew Hanning, what what's the big thing you need to look at over the off season to to focus on oh maybe a goal kicker I, I, or yeah, yeah, a noted yeah. goal kicker just because Andrew Padbury I feel like has made a bit of a difference not having him on the park obviously you know Tom Young and and Daniel Horvat have, have stepped up up forward but you know yesterday they only kicked one goal uh, two goals between them the two so it's yeah I think they need to get a, a bit more of a power forward and then yeah but I think their best is proven they'll be fine in Division Four, but for, uh, uh, but I think they'd be um, yeah. yeah they'd probably be a little disappointed as well. Well, they, they'd be disappointed, but I agree with that. They need a goal kicker because I think that if you look back over their results, I don't think they've kicked a hundred points all year, have they? 
Maybe in one game. Maybe earlier in the year, but definitely not for a long time. I mean, if Josh will be quick on this to have a look. I think two games they've passed 100 against Sylvan and Oakley, but both of those were at home. First half of the year. First half, and both were out at Springfield Park. So, yeah, otherwise they're... I mean, they've gotten high scores, but just not past the 100 mark. Yeah. Yeah, so something to to look at over the off season uh, coming into Division Four next year in twenty twenty four. Coldstream are now safe, guaranteed. Warrandyte are also safe. Ten, eleven, seventy one. We're defeated by Sylvan fifteen eight ninety eight yesterday. Matt Lowe, another big performance, kicked another six goals. Dixon kicked three. As Warrandyte, Ryan Phillips, who came back in the side this week, kicked four. Zach Carroll. Who's um had a had a really good season for the mm-hmm. the Bloods I thought coming across from the Tigers, a uh, best on ground performance for the Bloods for him yesterday afternoon. So um, a uh, a good win there for the Cats who are now looking forward to that final series. No need for the ICU machines there this no, week. No, close, no, uh, <laughs> no, no close. No no close. Yeah, just it's a good performance from Sylvan and Matt Lowe. I think he may possibly be the leading goal kicker in in. Division three now. He he is in fact fifty eight goals for the season. Just he really has stepped up with Kimpton uh, retiring right before the start of the season. It's um it's been a magnificent season from him. Now the next game, Fentry Gully versus Donvale. The quarter by quarter score, something's wrong here. But uh, Fentry Gully eleven thirteen seventy nine lost to Donvale fourteen eight ninety two out at Wally Two Reserve. It does say here at quarter time that it was eight to fifty seven, and it did come up on game day yesterday. I remember seeing that it was two to fifty seven at some stage, and then for here suddenly Donvale have lost points in the second and third quarter. So I'm not sure what's going on with game day, but. Um, we won't touch on that because maybe that 57-8 wasn't there. But, I mean, if it, if it was, one, that's a <laughs> massive first quarter from the Magpies. And then, two, pretty impressive from Fertig Alley to actually be able to cut it back to a margin where they were probably in a, a winnable chance to win. Uh, Josh, have you got yeah, I've got official? it on their socials. Oh, so, good, yeah, good I think man. it was... Nine goals to one at half time. So, it was 59-8 to eight at, at half time. And so, they, that was... Yeah, yep. they, they, they kept... The goalie scoreless in the first quarter with the three goals for themselves, Donvale. But they they came back. They, I think it was it was just nineteen points at three quarter time. Just couldn't get over the line. Donvale holding on for the, it, the victory. Very I, interesting one. What do you, I mean, what, Ray? What do you take from that? I mean, obviously, it's a. Do you look at it as Donvale just did enough in the first half and then just um, put the foot off the pedal, or or did Ferntree Gully really, you know? I, th- I think Fernie Gully would have come back. You know, I don't think that Donvale no. at any stage in any game would be taking the foot off the pedal. But uh, no, if if they did come back, Fernie Gully, all credit goes to them. And uh, you know, in the end, it you know, it's not the result Fernie Gully wanted. But to me, this division is still mm. open for premierships. I think you know, mm. on the on their day, I look at Fernie Gully on their day. If they could get a nice dry day and get off to a real good start, they could they could take mm. it away from Donvale. Yeah, I think they can, Josh, and. <coughs> Obviously, you'd you'd almost it wouldn't be too stressed if you lost that first final because they'll meet in the first final one v two. You wouldn't be too stressed on that. You'd be more worried about making sure you win next week and guarantee another shot at them yeah. because you need you only need to beat them one more time, and that's yeah. grand final day. Yeah, uh, and I think they definitely can, especially if they get Lockie Kennedy back on the park. He wasn't playing yesterday and probably won't play for them. Until until that, so first he's, fight. he's overseas. I thought he was injured. Someone had, had yeah. said that, but he's overseas apparently. Yeah. So, 
I mean, if they get him back for finals, then he's going to be a massive inclusion. And oh, that second half, they showed they can take it right up to to Don Val. And I think we talk about we've talked about this whole season how this how Ferntrigali and Don Val it's the grand final preview. Well, yesterday's case in point, it really is going to be the. It, it's hard to see. Obviously, we keep we'll keep saying it. It's hard to see anyone else just being able to to play in the grand final. It's hard to see someone like a Sylvan or an Oakley District or possibly Fair Park if they somehow yeah. play, play finals uh, to 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 knock over those two. Well, let's have a look at that Fair Park result yesterday. 14-7-91, the Lions defeated Oakley District at Fair Park Reserve. 6-4-40. So they've actually beaten Oakley twice out of three times this season, okay. the Lions. Uh, having a look at the goal kickers, Zach Bozanich kicked five of six goals for Oakley. Grant listed as their best players for Fair Park. Uh, real good uh, spread of goal kickers. Crowland need their only multiple goal scorers with two. And Jason Want, who's come back to the club, has been uh, fantastic uh, for the Lions, certainly with a lot of experience listed best on yesterday afternoon. And, I mean, it sets up a pretty interesting final round because Oakley actually play a night game against Warrenite. So <laughs> they'll sit back and potentially know if they're going to make it or if they need a win to make it because Fair Park will travel to Sylvan during the day. If they pinch that one, then they can... I mean, would you would you take the hike from then Sylvan to, to Oakley District <laughs> to, to back in Warrandyte and, um, for their sake? Yeah. Just on those Fair Park-Oakley District, you said the, which side's won two of the three clashes? Fair Park has won and two And have three. they both been at Fair Park? Both yeah. been at Fair Park. Well, obviously, you know, Oakley District's had trouble playing out at Fair Park, you know. But, and then I was down there the other week. The ground's not in the best condition. It, uh, it's a bit different to what, you know, they're playing on down mm. at Princess Highway Reserve <laughs> down at Oakley District. Yeah. You know, that's right. So maybe that just could be the heavier ground where they, in this particular time, where they've, you know, run into a bit of trouble. And they were missing players too, the <laughs> Pearson <laughs> Two Pearsons, Hawkins. Oh, okay. um, yeah, there, so were, there were a few. Um, I haven't got the list in front of me at the moment. And I mean, you, ha- you have a look at the goal kickers when when Bosnia kicks five of six, and you've you've only got D uh, Fadidi kicking one as well. You probably need a bit more of a uh, spread of goal kickers as yeah. Fair Park had because having a look, they've got um, a total of over ten. I mean, they've got twelve I, or thirteen listed there. Yeah, twelve. I think it was twelve out of fourteen goals kicked. So, you know, start of the season we. Probably wouldn't have been saying that about them, but just no. to get that good of a spread is is something Sean Stan would be happy about, and for them to be very very potent in their attack, like the last the last couple, three weeks they've passed the the fifty point mark, and you know it's a really good a really good effort. Well, they've, they've found a way to work without Ben Gilling there because yeah. he's been such a focal point, especially um, at the start of the season last year. He was he was key on kicking five or six goals each week and. Obviously, that's probably your, your perfect team performance to have um, 12 players hit the scoreboard and win quite comfortably by 51 points is, is pretty impressive for them. And it sets up a interesting final week. Can they can they do it? Because we thought it was almost unthinkable. We do, I think you can probably go back into one of the podcasts and, and find me saying that <laughs> the elimination final will be Sylvan versus Oakley District. Um, could could um, could be Fair Park. Fair, this could be a... Potential if, if Fair Park can get up I, next week. I think so. I mean... I, I actually think Fair... I, I wouldn't be surprised if Fair Park actually pull off an upset. I'm more worried for their sake in the fact that I think Warrandyte... I just don't think they'd beat Oakley. No. I, okay. Just because they've, they've thumped Warrandyte... Twice. Two, yeah, Twice. And yeah, and yeah. I think it was a big 
they kept them to just 27 points at Princess Highway Reserve earlier in the year. Maybe the fact that it is a night game evens it out a little bit, might make it an interesting yeah. contest. But I just, yeah, I, I think they might have left their run just a little too late. And we'll keep saying it, their the two losses yeah. against Coldstream. It, Costly. Yeah, yeah. They, they, I think it, it probably will co- come to haunt them come finals. But just on Fair Park and Sylvan, I've seen both these sides this year, and uh, if Fair Park's going to take this game, I, I think it, it really needs to be dry conditions up there at Sylvan mm. because they're they're a very tall side, uh, Fair Park, and if they can keep the ball high and kick it long, I think that could worry Sylvan. You know, yeah. Sylvan's more of a smaller side and run the ball, whereas Fair Park, from what I've seen, they like to kick the ball long, and they've got you know two or three tall forwards down there who can take a grab. Now, I think they're I think they're every chance to 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 win this game, Fair Park, as long as the weather's good. Well, early forecast Saturday afternoon, seventy percent chance of rain. So <laughs> no, I don't know. That's it. That's here. That's here in Barony. I don't know if it's different. Down yeah. in Sylvan, how much of a well, difference? Could be, could be, that is, could, uh, be, could be snowing up. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's probably worse, isn't it? So yeah, probably a little bit cooler. We'll yeah. certainly see. That always changes, though. It is Melbourne. So, having a look at the ladder, Donval, Fentrick Gully, that's your uh, semi final two, is what they call it. Pretty much the yeah. uh, <laughs> qualifying final. Uh, Sylvan versus Oakley District in three and four, and Fair Park in fifth. So, they're a draw behind Oakley District. So, win next week. You'll be uh, looking at that game at, at night, Oakley versus Warrandyte, so who makes it? And then Coldstream, Warrandyte and Whitehorse round up the eight. Let's jump into Division 4 now. Uh, two results that probably went the way we thought they would. Kilsyth, 22 goals, 26, 158. Defeated Nutterwadding, 4-2-26 for the Cougars. Are no goal scorers or pl- best players listed for the Lions here, but... For Kilsyth, Goodenson kicked five goals. O'Neill kicked four. Wycutt kicked three. Aiton listed as their best player. And then Scoresby versus Forest Hill, uh, very one-sided as well. 20 goals, 14, 134. The Magpies defeated Forest Hill, 79, 51. And now they kicked four goals for Forest Hill, four of seven. As the Scoresby, uh, similar to um, Fair Park, uh, quite, yeah. quite 11 a good goal range. Kickers. 11 yeah. goal yeah. kickers here. So Frith and McBean, Plumridge all kicked three goals each. Walker list is their best play on the ground, but probably, a, a, I mean, Forest Hill have pretty much called it a day um, yeah. in recent weeks, uh, having a look at their performances, but positive there for Scoresby to get a big win, maybe a bit of confidence coming towards the final series, because you look at the other mm. three sides, and they're raring to go for this final series, Scoresby, you know, maybe a couple more injuries, and probably their form hasn't been there, so that's quite important for a yeah. uh, big win before the bye. And I saw, th- I see both the Bron Geese uh, kick goals yesterday, so I think one of them has been missing for most yeah. of the year. So if they've got uh, yep. you know, both of them back, that'll make a difference to them. And, I, and Finlay's a good player as well. They're, you know, they, they're doing all right, Scoresby. I think yeah. Adam Bron- I think it's Adam that's yeah. missed most yeah. of the season, yeah. so getting him back right now is, is the perfect time, just the, the experience yeah. he provides. Yeah, absolutely. And then the final game in Division 4, Chernside Park versus Surrey Park. And now Chernside Park, what's this, about eight in a row what now? What we'll do, <laughs> would you sit back and listen to Josh on this one? Well, let's have Josh, a, let's well Josh can close out the show. I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. let's all... I'll, I'll, I'll read out the score for you first. 16-11-107-9-862. And that game, again, pretty much over very early. It looked like it was very one-sided. Um, I've got no goal kickers at Chernside Park or best, but for Surrey, Peters kicked four of their nine goals and was listed best on. Now, 
Well, Keep it within a few minutes. I've oh, still got places 15 to go minutes. This 15 minutes. <laughs> I'm not hanging around for another 15 minutes, mate. Well, <laughs> I, just from what I could gather, obviously, turns out I haven't named their best, but uh, it was Lee Odom. It was the Lee Odom and Grand Stevens show. They were just dominant up forward and and through and through the ruck. And I think that was the difference. You know, Surrey Park. I, they didn't have Nick Ken or, or Jacob Woodfall, and you know they struggled in that ruck battle and and through midfield and just. Yeah, that that's what I could get. That's what I could gather. But um, I think it's three losses in a row at Kimberley Reserve now for Surrey for Surrey Park. They, I don't think they enjoy the the trip going up to to Kimberley Reserve. But um, yeah, just a, a similar start to to Bowen against Doncaster East, and they just couldn't grab momentum and couldn't stop the the Chernside Park momentum. So it's a this is a much bit. Obviously, they knocked them over midway through the season. That was a really impressive win. But I think. This win is even more impressive, just given. Obviously, Surrey had players missing, and and players didn't that um, came out of the side this past week, the past weekend. But you know, to to convincingly defeat them, forty five points to to knock them over by that big of a margin. It's they're in red hot form, and I think they're. They're definitely firming as the the second best side, or poss- the last couple of weeks the yeah, best I, side. Yeah. I'm almost leaning to say that they are the best side in Division Four at the moment, Ray. That's eight in moment, a row. At the moment, yeah. on results, yes. Yeah, and it's it's quite incredible the way they've at one stage they were three games out of the top four. Yeah. Forest Hill yeah. were three games ahead, yeah. and now they're three games ahead of Forest Hill, and they sit fourth at the moment. So, the let's have a look at next week. Surrey Park play Kilsyth, Churnside play. Park play Nutterwadding, so you, you think they'd win that one, of course, and that means they're relying on Kilsyth to knock out Surrey Park and then jump into second spot. So the, a win would put them into second. Surrey would then play Scoresby in the uh, elimination final, and then Kilsyth and Churnside finish first and second in that first week of the final. So <laughs> they are needing Kilsyth to do them a bit of favour, who have nothing to play for, really. I mean, they've locked up top sport. Top spot. It's it's almost like who would yeah. they rather play first week of the final? <laughs> Surrey again yeah. or Turnside? And Josh, I love your passion for your football club. Don't don't take any yeah. But when, but when you when I look at the at this division and the sides that are going to play finals, I think the one disadvantage that Surrey Parker got is their youth and their body size. I yeah. think they're the smaller. You have a look. Mm. They're the smallest side in this in this division in this finals uh, race, and and I just think yeah. that at the moment they're getting pushed off the ball a little bit. You, yeah. You've got to play these young kids. That's fine, and get some games into them. But that game we saw down at Surrey there against Kilsyth, you know, they're yeah. in the game for half a game, but then it's just the bigger bodies that take over. And I think yeah. that you know, as I said, I love your passion for your club. You know, <laughs> fantastic, and and I'd love to see Surrey. You know, get up there and and play in a grand final and win a grand final because you know after all their history, losing all those games and all that. But no, but uh, I just think that uh, you know you're undermanning body size, and I think that's going to be the yeah. Thing. I think it comes down to you know I know Tom Smith and Ryan Kennedy in midfield. Yeah. They've been missing for pretty much the second half of the season. I think that's a bit of a difference there, and obviously plenty of others as Are well. Are they ruled out for the year? I'm not too sure. But I think. Most likely, but we'll see what happens. But um, I think if they if it's a dry day out of East Ringwood Reserve, if it, if it's dry conditions for 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 most of their finals, then they can definitely you know be able to yeah. to make a grand final and possibly win the premiership. But yeah, I think that's probably going to be the difference. There's no 
there is no real size or strength in, in midfield compared no. to the likes of Churnside Park and Killside. If Rafe you had to pick two sides to play off in the grand final at the moment between Killside, Surrey Park, Scoresby and Churnside Park, who do you think's I would pick Killside and Churnside. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm. I think I'm with you. Yesterday's yeah. result probably on swung form, me. Yeah. On current form, you'd have to. I mean, Kelso's been the best side all year. They, let's yeah. not take that away from them. And they're an older side. Experience plays a big part in finals. And who's going to play them? You've got to look at the informed side. And the informed side at the moment is Churnside Park. Yeah, yeah, certainly right. And a, a big congratulations to Kelso as well. A minor premiership that is now confirmed. Yeah. So fantastic for the club, and they've come a long way um, over the, f- the last few years. So. Uh, it's going to be a very... I'm actually quite interested yeah. in this final series for Division 4 because yep. unlike maybe some others where there's one clear favourite and then it's who can... Maybe who could... We're trying to make a case for someone else. Yeah. This is this is wide open. I think yeah. there's three, maybe four sides yeah. that can win it. I, I, I'm just a bit worried about Scoresby. That's the, the only thing. Yeah, I think it's a three-horse race. The, it, it, Turnside, Surrey and, and Kilsyth, all sides at their best, they definitely can. They definitely can win the Premiership. Yeah, so that is us. Done. Just before we go, Ryan, I just want to bring up the point that I think we mentioned yesterday. I think it, you said the numbers, 10 coaches, jobs available in the Eastern yeah, Football roughly, League. Yeah, roughly, roughly. That's yeah. a huge... That's a, look, I've, my history over the, over the competition, every four or five years you might have half a dozen, but I've never heard of 10 coaches, jobs being available in the one season. So, and, I, and I think, unfortunately, with that many out there, there's going to be some clubs that are going to be scratching their head and saying, well, who are we going to get? Because you know, everybody else has taken jobs. And that might be why East Burwood sort of got on the move quickly because yeah. they've looked at everyone else and moving on and looking for coaches and yep. you've got to get ahead of the game. And yep. I mean, just, just do you think it's partially due because we had that no footy in 2020, 2021 was an interrupted season. So you've now a lot of coaches now had two full years at it. Yeah. And whether if you're not at where yeah. the club thinks they should be, is that maybe why I, it's I coming think, now? I think, as I said, every to me, it's a pattern of every four years or so there's an influx of coaches. And I think that's a very small part in it. And also, like you say, even COVID, you know, a lot of guys who have been coaching think, well, you know, I've done two, three years, whatever it is, mm. you know, I can get more money working at work on a Saturday afternoon or whatever right. it is. There's lots of things going to it. Yeah, yeah it'll certainly be a very busy off-season. And I'm looking forward to seeing who the clubs are look yeah. at at the moment, yeah. who's on the market and who's going to yeah. uh, pick up who. That's it for us, all five divisions. Only one more round to go for divisions Remarkable. one to four. So right after that, we've got the women's finals starting next week, then junior final, junior grand finals next week, and then obviously our senior men's finals as well after. So very busy time of the year. Ray, what's uh, what's the plans for this afternoon? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> no, I've got a bit of a head cold. As my, my voice has probably sounded funny today, but no, I'll be just going home, rest, and probably watch a bit of footy. Absolutely, and Josh? I'll, be, I'll just be doing I'm the sure same. I know uh, what you're about to say, something about the Blues. And yeah, oh, I'm not Carl getting my hopes up. I, I won't be, surpri- I won't be come, surprised. Come, Kerno, come. Blues. No, I, I won't be surprised if this is a game that Carlton drops. Well, but yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> and Josh, we might just have a minute's silence for our mate over no. here. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a tough, tough Friday night. And, and the worst part is, is Josh baiting me on the call yesterday yeah. and I didn't have a mic to say anything. So, um, oh, that was, magni- that was to, magnificent. But, um, just had to bite my yeah, I think we, I think we yeah. do need a moment of sil- silence. For no, that's, it. that's it for us today. Same week in recovery. We'll see you next time for the Friday preview. He's about 40 yards. Over shot. He's going to have to. He's going to play on. Run around. Give himself some room. Set sail.
What a good goal that was. The Red Jackets are up and about. Nine, seven.